1: Hey Javier, what is the
0: thumbs down celebration after a big hit mean?
2: Just the booze that we get, you know. We like we're not we're not machines. We're gonna struggle, you know. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna struggle seven times out of out of ten, and and you know, it just it just feels bad when 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 we strike when I strike out and I get boo, you know. It doesn't really get to me, but like I want I want to let them know that. When we success, we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to, to let them know how, how it feels, you know. Because if we win together, then we we gotta to lose together, you know. And 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 the fans are really big part of it. So, um, in my case, they they gotta be better, you know. I, I play for the fans and I love the fans, but you know if if they're gonna do that, they they just put more pressure on the team, and and that's not that's not what we want.
3: Uh, first of all, cute kid. <laughs> Uh, Second of all, Michael, and and maybe you realize this. I didn't realize it, but a friend of mine pointed out to me that I say the phrase "sabra" a lot. Maybe that's the New Orleans. Yeah, I don't know. Do I I say that a lot? Okay. Well, allow me to start this conversation by saying "sabra," "sabra," "sabra." Right. Okay. First of all, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this is the definition of oversharing, because your answer as a veteran ball player. Who's I been in it. Chicago? I it. it's crazy. To be, hey, that's between me and my teammates. That's between me and Francisco Lindor <laughs> and Kevin Pillar. That's between. That's a clubhouse thing. Right. All right. That's just that's a, that's a clubhouse right. thing. Instead, you sit up and talking about how booing fans bothers you. Oh no, I'm sorry. It doesn't bother me, but I'm gonna boo you back. But like, say, like, right. hey bruh. These fans. Here's what here's what Hobby Bias doesn't understand about Mets fans. They got thicker skin than you do, apparently. You think you really hurt my right. feelings with this kind of double finger salute? You think that really bothers them? Especially if you're doing it in celebration of something good for once—a dude that's hitting two ten with like four RBIs right. uh, or four homers and seven right. RBIs since he got there. I mean, booing by home fans is an expression of love, Javi. You should know this by now. Would you, you rather they're they, they're indifferent? Would you rather they, they don't show up? It's so funny, man. I was talking to a uh, I called up a good friend of mine. Who's a, a hardcore diehard Mets fan. Yeah, uh, young lady by the name of Lakia Holmes. And I said, Lakia, I, I've been looking for a reason to check on you, but tell me uh, tell me what you think about this. She's like, Michael, I spend $70 before I get to the ballpark to go to Mets game. That's just right. all tolls and parking before I get inside. I spend $70. He's like, she said, this is the biggest BS I have ever heard. This is such a, this is it's like, as the, another episode of, you know, as the Mets, Mets, as the Mets met. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Definition of dysfunction. You're 8-19 I, I, in August. I, I, and, I, and I get, and Michael, I get we're in a new day and age where players are expressing themselves and they're, no, 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 and they're, no. and they're in touch with their feelings. And uh, we're, and we're, 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 we're uh, you know, Get, we're in tap, We're evolving as a society, Michael. Ooh. We're learning Ooh. how to understand the mental strain on these players. And I get it. I get it. Booing probably doesn't feel good. But you know what feels worse? There it is. Seven and a half games back. Best
4: full screen. <laughs> Best full screen in the were history you, of Brother from Another. Place? Right there. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that, uh, that feels worse. Yeah. Relative to this conversation, you're four games under 500. Hey, Javi Baez, brah. Say, bro. Okay, we, you're not in the Midwest. You're not in the Midwest anymore. You're in New York City. Come on. You're in the borough of Queens, where everything is thorough in, in, in the borough of Queens. Come on. Listen, listen, listen. Your job as an athlete and as a performer is to, well, I don't know, perform. And if you don't perform as an athlete or as a performer, anywhere, but especially in New York City, people are going to let you know about it. He said they have to be better.
3: No, man, you got to be better. Mike, <laughs> you got to be better. Javier. They don't have to be better. Hey, you have to be hey, better. Where's, that, where's that Jonah Hill gift when you needed that Jonah Hill like not right. number, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, they right got to be better. Right You're not helping.
4: No, they're doing a great job. They're doing they're doing a great job. They know what it's like. They know what it's like to see a high level performance, a competent performance and at least publicly, at least publicly, they like to hear their, uh, their players take accountability. I'm saying they like to hear their players publicly take accountability. That's what I'm trying to say. See, Lindor did that for the public. Remember the owner, the owner came out and was, and was scorching the oh, team, the call. owner, the, the guy who said,
2: yeah. yeah,
4: the guy, the guy who signs yeah. the paychecks, he was getting He was, uh, he was pretty much thumbs downing Lindor and Lindor said, Yeah, based on what I've done at the plate, I deserve it. I haven't been good enough. Now he was like defensively. I've been nice. Don't try to hate on my don't don't try to hate on my defense. Don't try to hate on my base running. But at the plate, I haven't been good enough. Now, if you say that, I mean, I think that's a good response. But if you really don't believe that, I think you're totally missing the point. And it's for everybody who has chosen this lifestyle of being a front facing person, you too, Michael Smith. Me too. Look, if I come out here and sure. I go da for 2 hours, yeah, you need to scorch me. I'm not performing the way I should perform. It's the life that I chose. It's the life that Javier Baez chose. There was a chose. joke there. So you just was, got to deal no, with that. There was,
3: there was a joke there. There was a joke there, but I'm I'm a refrain. I'm a refrain. It was you just Go ahead, no, don't no, do it. it. I Wade, want you to Miami Heat alleys. No, it's okay. It's too easy. Too easy. Go ahead, no, no, do it. No, no, what? If it's too No. No, no, no. Go ahead say it. Go ahead and say just, it. It's obvious now. It's obvious. It's obvious. everybody. Everybody what the joke. It wrote, it wrote itself. It I, don't it, I, I don't know but I, I don't have to take every I do not have to take every opening. I don't take every. I missed it. Oh, you know, like people. People. I'm glad you use the word performers. People have been booing performers for since the beginning of time. You know, like this goes back to like the Coliseum. You know, this goes back. This is this is this is the this is how customers express themselves at sporting events, at concerts, at poetry readings, at comedy shows. It doesn't matter. If you are not giving the people what they want, they have a right to be frustrated. I mean, I hate to ever take sides with the Mets front office. With Steve Cohen, Mr. Twitterfingers himself, I miss the days when the biggest controversy was the black jerseys. With Steve Cohen or Sandy Alderson, for that matter, I hate to take their side, but their statement was for once spot on. It's like no, we're not having that. It's like we—it's—it's it's, it's bad enough these people are paying to watch this team struggle. Now we got a player coming out saying I'm booing the fans, which really you're not really <laughs> yeah, booing great. them. I mean, it's not even like effective. <laughs> it's really funny like, though. Like, just—I'm not even offended. You're not—it's it's funny. Do, do they, it's they and they are funny. It's more funny. Like, doesn't it right. bother them. <laughs> it's like no, no, Oh, Double oh down. my God. No thumbs down like it's not even original (laughs) let alone creative like it's just it's it's, it's almost like it's almost like adding somebody with millions and millions of followers it's like they're not even seeing it like they don't care all they care you on base is a pleasant sight do what you want when you get there you on base you hitting the home run whatever if you're productive and you're doing it that's a good thing for them so you're not really offending Mets fans at least more so than you are by going 819 in the month of August and all right, here right, right. but here,
4: here's the question.
3: Here's the question. Let,
4: let's deal with this, though. Let's deal with this. There's it, an offshoot to this conversation. Because, we, look, it's funny how it all comes together, Mike, because last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, I think it was last week, though. can't remember. Uh, we talked about Naomi Osaka. And, and a reporter from the Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, his line of questioning, Osaka's agent called him a bully. And so we really started talking about uh, interviews, and we talked about... John Sawatsky, the genius of the Sawatsky line of questioning and interviewing. There's a difference between an interview and a conversation and most tough questions aren't really tough, all the stuff. We had a good, uh, nice little journalism seminar, interviewing seminar. But we put some of the focus on the media and how we in the media really need to think about our roles and what we're doing and how we're performing our task. So now let's flip it around to this side. There's Javier Baez in the, oh, I'm gonna give you
3: I'm going to give you thumbs
4: down. I wish I had more hands. I'd give you more thumbs down. I wish I had more hands. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Marcus Stroman, that tweet. Can we put that tweet up there from Marcus Stroman? See, see, okay. Now this is, this is where, this is where I say, come on. Oh, you you can't be serious. Stroman. I don't know if you read his tweet. His tweet was pretty much. Oh, there you go again. Uh, no, the other one. Uh, hey, hey. Yeah, here it is, right there. Media Me, always media, searching, media for, anything always searching for anything
3: to cause anything to Yeah. Stop playing into these narratives. Stop, Marcus! The we won today. That's all that matters. On to the next. Not dwelling in the past. Same mindset we've had all year. Thankful for this squad. Ain't nobody telling him to do that. And again, nobody told right. Javi... First of all, they've been doing this for weeks. They've been doing it for weeks. Right. This is not a new thing from yesterday. Secondly, nobody told Javi to over-explain. He's like, well, you know, I'm right. going to boot him back. Are you is, No? See this is this is what leadership See, comes I, into play. You know? This hey, is what somebody this, gotta this, say fellas. This, this kills me. I, I get where you're coming from, this, but man, this ain't the way to go. This about kills it. me, man. You Look,
4: there's media criticism. There there's there's legitimate media criticism. Some people have made uh, a career out of it and some people do a nice job with it. Media critics, okay, fine. Criticism is good. If it's fair criticism, it's good. But we gotta stop this. Anytime somebody tries to hold you accountable, anytime somebody says, "Hey, what are you thinking here with booing your fans?" You can't turn that around and say it's haters. Oh, haters out here, media out here trying to stir something up. No, no, no. All, all that person did was ask, "Hey, Javi, what's up with the thumbs down celebration?" And Javi, right, right <laughs> on cue, says, "Hey, celebration." Uh, cause, cause, well, well, I'm glad you fans need to be better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Like, like, well, thank you. For I'm asking. going to fans, and that cute kid, that cute kid, just sitting there. That's too bad. Like he doesn't. He shouldn't be a part of this because. I, well, like, you know, that, that's how, he, that it's not a media. This, it's Michael. not a media
3: story. It's not a media no, story. It's a hobby it were, or bias story. You and I, you and I, are two of the most uh, athlete-friendly people you'll find in media. I know I am, and like when it comes to uh, fans' sense right. of entitlement. I almost always, them. almost always, take the side of the of athletes versus fans. I think fans are way too entitled. We had these conversations plenty of times when the NBA was going through its little mini crisis with people, you know, uh, interacting or touching or or saying inappropriate things to players right. uh, when they came back. You said you wanted you uh, wanted, you know you wanted avoid. to have a
4: hands crew out
3: there, right? You wanted a goon right. squad. Like, like I get it, and, and, and he's right. They aren't <laughs> machines. They're humans. They're humans. And, and I don't, I, I as much stuff as I get, first of all, I told you, I'm thankful for it all. I count it all joy. I know I'm misusing that, but you understand, what I'm saying? I, 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 oh, I, I thankful for it all because hey, no, no, irrelevance all right. is the enemy. Come on, Reverend. I like it. If somebody, I like it. If, 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 if somebody takes the time to boo me or, or, or rip me, they take the time to type something on a computer about me, well, thank you for caring enough to take time out of your day to do it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for hating, as the case may be. But that's nothing compared to what these professional athletes, especially in the fishbowl like New York have to deal with. So I get how much of a struggle that could be. I get how difficult that could be. But bruh, say bruh everybody's been dealing with this for this is part of the game. This is part of the game. Francisco Lindor. If you don't go have all the seats in City Field right now. I mean, I, you boo the hell out of me for the money Francisco Lindor making. Boo, boo please. Right. <laughs> I don't care hey, call me whatever name you want and, I'm laughing all the way to the bank I mean this is part of and the job man like so I mean this, this is this way I draw the line yeah. between the mental health and the pressures of athletes and it's like okay we're going too far now if you're gonna start booing the fans back like that's what they pay for the road on the road when they boo you it's because they hate you and because they love their team at home when they boo you it's because they love you and they want better from you we love you so much till we reserve the right to criticize you perpetually. That's passion. Right. Fanatic. Come on, man. And most importantly, passion. talk to your PR person first. Where's the PR person say next question in this, in this situation? Uh, next question. That's right. Moving on. <laughs> Cut and the mic. If you know, Boom. if you know the real story,
4: if you know the real story, say to them, look, this is great. It's like inside. Don't ever bring this public. Don't ever make this public. Don't ever tell the fans that this is what you're doing. Just say it's a team thing. It's a team matter, but you know, can I push back Michael? Let me push back on this the pressures that the players have to deal with uh, particularly at in this case city field. All right. Now I know it's not like um, it's not like a concert. Okay. If you go to a concert uh, whoever whoever your favorite artist is if you go to right now my favorite artist is Lil Nas X. All right, but if you go to a you go to a Lil Nas X concert. Even if, if, if Lil Nas uh, also known as Montero is not bringing it nobody's really going to boo. You know like concerts aren't made up that way. Even if it's not the, if the performance is not what you want hardcore music lovers generally don't mm. boo they generally don't Sorry. boo at the concert. Mm. Have you ever been to a concert where somebody got booed? Mm. I, I've never been there. Yeah. I've never been to a concert <laughs> who
3: I mean, which it, one, you know, whether whether I mean, now I'm not, not talking about like, the audience, I mean, oh, excuse me, the artists, they may be booing the the technical difficulties. They may be booing. The okay, artists right. The, I mean, first okay. of all, sometimes these artists or comedians are, you know, musicians or comedians. Sometimes they'll lose it. They'll go off the deep end. Sometimes they will actually turn in a piss poor performance. Sometimes they will cut it short. There's plenty of reasons. For people are boo right. at a concert. Okay, I'm with you. If you but I'm a the same level and you've established a certain level of of grace with your fan base, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Hey, man, I ain't
4: ain't talking about the kind of concert where it's like Summerfest. We have like 19 people uh, on the the bill, and and like 18 of them, you really don't, like 16 of them, you really don't want to hear from? Okay, in that case, sure. Because you're like, yo, man, come on, get them out of the way. I'm here for this thing but most of the time when people see their big time artists, they're not booing now baseball and sports. All right. not Baseball's not like that. Sports aren't like that. They boo sometimes, sometimes, but not consistently. I'm going to tell you that city field is the last place. That's the last place where uh hobby bias should be uh, taking out his frustration. Now outside of city field, maybe, maybe some people are roasting him online. Oh,
1: right. Uh, the, but, the but most of the time, time people they came to the
4: game people coming to the park are not looking to make your life miserable. Not, hey, I'm going to go to the Mets yeah. game today because you know, what? I can't wait till bias comes up. I'm gonna wear him out. No, that what they're no, looking for is for you that's to break true. out. They're looking for you to break out of a slump. So these people are riding right. with you, but Mike, this is a theme of mine. You know it's a consistent you. theme of mine. My theme is even if you hear the criticism You hear criticism from people. It is not as universal as you think. Those are little voices in your head. Those are your little insecurities just kind of pulling pulling at you, but that's not really reality.
3: I guess what's most shocking is that we're not talking about a young player and we're not talking about somebody. I know Chicago is different from New York, but we're not talking about somebody that played in exactly a small market that doesn't care about baseball. You mentioned Naomi Osaka and I was going to pivot to another dysfunctional organization as in the Texans. We'll do them after the break the time we got left in this a block here. Maybe they just need to like re listen to Naomi Osaka this 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 young philosopher in the making Naomi Osaka who makes plenty of money in tennis and and obviously off off the uh, off the court highest paid woman in, in sports, but uh, you know, she might have a future as a life coach as she continues to turn this frown upside down Here's what She posted uh, on Saturday at 11:51 a.m. And let me tell you something. This was really good. Like, I don't know if you got, did you have a chance to read this? Because you mentioned, you know, her well-documented and the struggles that she's expressed. This was really, really touching. I'm gonna read this in case you missed it, all right? She says, hi. I've been reflecting over this past year. So grateful for the people around me because the support I feel is completely unparalleled. Recently, I've been asking myself, why do I feel the way I do? And I realized one of the reasons is because internally, I think I'm never good enough. I've never told myself that I've done a good job but I do know I constantly tell myself that I suck or I could do better. I know in the past some people have called me humble, but if I really consider it, I think I'm extremely self-deprecating. Every time a new opportunity arises, my first thought is, wow, why me? I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm gonna try to celebrate myself and my accomplishments more. I think we all should. You got up in the morning and didn't procrastinate on something? Champion. Figured something out at work that's been bugging you for a while? Absolute legend. Your life is your own and you shouldn't value yourself on other people's standards. I know I give my heart to everything I can and if that's not good enough for some, then my apologies, but I can't burden myself with those expectations anymore. Seeing everything that's going on in the world, I feel like if I wake up in the morning, that's a win. That's how I'm coming. Now that's somebody who is well on her way. That's something I think a lot of us, I know I can relate to. And it is so refreshing to hear an athlete, especially when athleticism at the highest level is built on self-confidence again the highest paid woman in sports and a lot of that money is off the court. So she's got to have a a, a great deal of 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 assuredness of of self-confidence about herself and yet here she is being regular as all get out something that I think a lot of people um, relate to understand. I know I felt that way before Um, but yeah, I thought I just I got I got nothing profound to add I'm not going to be one of those preachers yes, that preach do. after they, somebody's already given a sermon. It's like, hey, man, we've already heard you want hey, take listen. up the offering, do the benediction, let us go home. I'm not going to add to Naomi. Naomi said it all right there. That hey. was dope. I just felt like it needed to be repeated and shared as much as possible.
4: By the way, you have been preaching today. You've been preaching today. You had a couple of good ones in there. You said, have I, I counted all joy. Yeah. You said, I counted all joy. And then, <laughs> yeah. then you did the nice little, the nice little preacher thing. In the time that we have left, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, only thing as I was I waiting close. for you to say is, as I hey listen, as I hurry to my seat, I, one more thing, and I'm gonna yeah. take my seat. Oh, okay, that's another 15 right. minutes.
3: Yeah, but you I can see this coming. Do, by the way, we need a, We need an Oregon version. You can see it coming song, from Osaka. Like though. We need an Oregonist version of our, our brother from another theme song. I'm sorry. We, go ahead. What you about to say? No,
4: I was gonna say you can see it coming from Osaka though. In all seriousness, you can see her coming to this level of self awareness. She's been searching publicly. For a couple of weeks. We focused on the hey, she's not taking part in this press conference. But if you really have been paying attention, she's been she's been trying to figure she's been trying to figure something out. So I'm glad that she got to that point of revelation. Ooh,
3: revelation. That's how you that's that's how you close the segment. That's how you drive. That's how you drive.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.
2: Uh, you know reports speculation not things we really get into um, look I, I understand the question uh, but as I've said in the past any conversations that we have or don't have with other clubs um, are going to be internal um, I've, you know I've been pretty steadfast about that um, you know, with our players with 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 uh, other clubs and, and that'll that'll that will remain the case. I'm very confident in Tua. He's done a lot of good things uh, this spring, this off season, this training camp. Uh, played well last week. Um, and, again, my conversations with the players, you know, are going to always remain between uh, me and that player. So uh, I talk to a lot of players every day. Um, obviously, I spend a lot of time with the quarterbacks. Um, but, yeah, those conversations will remain between myself and, and that player.
3: Uh, speaking of dysfunctional organizations, uh, Deshaun Watson remains a member of the Houston Texans and I remain baffled as to why that is. Um,
4: oh, teach it. All the Nick, preaching continues. Nick, Keep going.
3: Nick Nick Casario is blowing this again. He's blowing it again. It's the second time. This is strike two. If he yeah. if Nick Casario yeah. If Cal McNair, if Jack Easterby, whoever's running the show, the quote-unquote brain trust in Houston, if they don't deal to Sean Watson before the season, that's strike two. They would have blown it twice. Because let's not forget, right? they probably could have had a bunch of picks before the draft, before yeah. all hell broke loose with the 22 civil and 10 criminal allegations, if they wouldn't have been so stubborn, and trying to get him to change his mind. Which again, and, and, and fairness, and in fairness, in the name of consistency, I understand why you make the initial attempt. And as a matter of fact, I said, hey, I wouldn't be rushing to trade the dude. I'd be trying to figure out if I could. I get it. These types of quarterbacks don't grow on trees. I'd be trying to figure out how to smooth it out. So I said that. But at a certain point. It ain't happening. And he made that clear. They didn't trade him for the picks in the 2021 draft. Now nah, they're sitting here holding out for three ones, two twos, whatever it is they're holding out for. When the truth of the matter is, Michael, Deshaun Watson is not this asset that they can afford to try to hold out for the best deal possible. Houston needs to make Deshaun Watson somebody else's problem. Okay? Mm. He's not playing for them. It must be real nice to even be able to consider paying somebody $10.5 million to sit. Who are you really punishing? Like, if you're the Houston Texans, you should be more desperate than the Dolphins right now to make this trade. And you should be trying to get two ones or a one and a conditional two that could become a one, whatever it is, to get this headache that is this Sean Watson out of your organization. Because for the same reason that you know, the Dolphins probably aren't falling over themselves to give up the farm to get Sean Watson, which is the uncertainty around those aforementioned 22 civil and 10 criminal complaints and the possibility that the league could put him on paid leave once he actually starts getting paid, which is the regular season. For that same reason, you cannot assume that after the season, oh, we'll get more or, we'll, or the same offer will be there. I'll be damned. How do you know that? How do you know that? And in the meantime, you are gonna have this Sean situation hanging over your organization all season. This this weeks of inmates running the asylum mentality, or inmates running the prison mentality. Rest in peace, Bob McNair. But this what this reeks of like, we're not gonna let the player who has a no trade clause, it. right, right, dictate. Right. We're not, not gonna let him yeah. dictate where we send him. We're not gonna be forced into anything. Well, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face.
4: Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. You're so right. Mike, I was trying to think of this weekend. Who does Nick Casario remind me of? Like, and it's not necessarily a specific person. It's, it's a specific title. And of course, uh, because we're brother from another, and we're Michael and Michael, uh, of course, my reference is Training Day. Is anybody surprised? <laughs> so remember the scene in Training Day where Alonzo has a restaurant menu, pretends like it's a search warrant and he and Jake right. <laughs> uh, he 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 and Jake you know go to the crib and he's like what's this boy's name who's he looking for anyway you know you know all the names so anyway he's looking for somebody
3: oh and, oh yeah he's looking for the uh, sandman but he goes to he goes to Macy Gray right. looking for the so, sandman right right yeah he really looking, looking for, for the cash. sandman speak on it son right right <laughs> Drugs, cash. <laughs> Speak on it, son. <laughs> right, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, hey, hey. Don't worry, son. Keep your hands up. We're the police. We're the. good. I want to see that
3: damn warrant.
4: Where's your? Where's your, <laughs> where's your? Where's your? backup? Where's your backup? Right. You, where's you your backup? Rookie? But what did she say to him? There you go. There's a lie. You yeah. a rookie. Yeah. You a rookie, Nick Casario. <laughs> you act like a. That's what I tell Nick Casario. You yeah. a rookie. You a rookie. <laughs> Think about it. Okay. As you said, first time around. I like that. that. You coming in. Thank you. You coming in. You got a huge contract. Good situation. You get to reset the franchise. Now, I know you're not begging uh, to get rid of a franchise quarterback. Maybe part of the reason part of the reason took the job in the first place. You got a quarterback most difficult position to fill in football. Maybe all of sports, but it's clear the guy didn't want to be there you had half the league lined up to take them before we knew anything about these lawsuits. All you had to do was make the deal. You don't make the deal lost opportunity. It seems like, Oh, nobody's going to touch Deshaun Watson now, but look at this. Oh, look at this. Somebody actually does want to, to, to trade for Deshaun Watson. As a matter of fact, you got a little bit of a market. And you are about to screw it up again <laughs> you about to screw this up again look you may have a market but you don't have exceptional leverage so if you could have gotten three first and two seconds before i'm just going to tell you you can't get it right now so you take the best deal that you can get if the best deal that you can get is in the afc and if it if it helps the houston texans long term but doesn't help the houston Texans in the 2021 season you got to take it I'm telling you they are going to they're going to screw this up royally like there's time there's time to recover but I don't think they're going to recover. They're so in their feelings over how the Dolphins were eager to get Deshaun Watson. They're so in their feelings over AFC versus NFC and I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of the Texans DNA where they feel like hey, we run it we run this and the players listen. But it's also let me play a little dirty pool here i think it's also in nick casario's dna he spent uh, a generation Mm -hmm. with the new england patriots now i told you the patriots lie they lie right they're also stubborn Mm -hmm. they're just stubborn and so i think nick casario took the best from the patriots and he also took the worst from the patriots the stubborn part just come on man you got to have some flexibility you got to
3: understand when you're losing, well, you're thing. losing this, salvage it and move on. But it's the hand he was dealt. But he's not going to do it. It's the hand he was dealt. The player has a no trade clause. So even before the sexual assault allegations, a no trade clause handcuffs your ability to move him where you want to move him. Okay? So that was always going to be problematic. If he doesn't want to play, you're gonna you're gonna you to have a healthy play. You got 52 players, you gonna put him on IR? Like they don't have as many options as they think. And especially if the is saying, I'm only waving my no trade clause to Miami. That's it. So for me, it's like it's being in business, Michael, and I'm sure you've ever heard this before, there's a saying that 50% of something is better than 100 percent of nothing. And if the player's yes. not gonna play for you, this notion that Casario oh, doesn't want to do a bad deal. He doesn't want uh, you know Belichick uh, to look at it and say it's a bad deal. Hey man, I ain't got time to be worried about what everybody else thinks. Here's the situation: I got a team to move forward with. I got a roster to construct. I got a new head coach. It's my first rodeo. I ain't got time to be sitting around hey. with this albatross known as Ooh. Deshaun Watson, who may be in some serious trouble again. Houston, let him be somebody else's problem. Hey, Like you Mike. should be rushing. Oh, you want? Oh, you want him? You oh, if 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 Brian Flores or Chris Greer or Stephen Ross called him up and be like, hey, uh, what's up with Deshaun? Oh, oh, you still want him? Word. Oh, <clears throat> say, say less. Hey, Deshaun, right. pack your bags. <laughs> you, we got something for this situation, as opposed to trying to play hardball. You talking about inmates running to prison. Hell, the prison might as well be the warden. Uh, excuse me. The inmate might as well be the warden in this case because of the no trade clause that the previous regime gave him that ownership gave him right. You stuck right. like Chuck and you don't have right. to be. This is all real. The Dolphins have never not been interested in Deshaun Watson. That's why Brian Flores shows his words very carefully. I'm interested in the players that are on this roster. He knew what he was saying. And he knew what he what he couldn't say. Otherwise he be lying. The Dolphins are the, the Dolphins have been in, interested in this. Okay. The 3 ones and 2 twos is the going rate for a quarterback who does not have this kind of baggage. And again, to assume that this deal or better will be there in March after this season, who could have seen what was coming when it came down the pipe, when it came to the allegations? Who could have seen that coming? You don't know what's coming between now and March. This ain't a pro Deshaun take, this is a pro-logic take. Like, I'm just, I'm just for people doing the right thing and the right thing by the Texans well, is to move on from this thing.
4: Well two two things uh, two quick things one. Uh, I want our staff to find that to, to hold on to that footage of Brian Flores for after the Deshaun Deshaun Watson acquisition. Just so we know I want it on the record. We want to know what Brian Flores looks like when he's not telling the truth. I just want I want to see if we find I want to study it. I want to see if there are any ticks. If his eyebrow moves up anything, he did a very convincing job. But I think under scrutiny, we can see, oh, look, look what his face did there. And the other thing, just I want to say this, uh, and this is pretty much a tease for who we're going to talk to uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes. You can't live your life. Hoping that Bill Belichick is going to give you the tap on the head because I know a guy and you know, a guy (laughs) who went to Bill, who went to Bill Belichick and said, should I make this deal? There's this guy at Alabama. His name is Julio Jones, and I'm willing to trade up from 27 to six to get him a wide receiver. Now, I know you, you don't think that's uh, that's good value, but what, what, what do you think? And Belichick said, don't do it. Don't go up and trade for Julio Jones. Why don't you draft a guy like Jonathan Baldwin, who? Yeah, Jonathan Baldwin. Fortunately for Thomas Dimitrov, he did his own thing. You got to do your own thing. And, and so there's a balance and this is not just football. As you said, it's a, it's a, a logic lesson, just life in, in, in the NFL and any other business. There's a healthy balance of listening to your mentors, seeking counsel, seeking wise counsel, but then also having the courage of your, of your convictions and doing what you think is right for your situation. It may not be right for your mentor situation, but it's right for you right. and Bill Belichick and has never be right has never had a had a situation like the Texans have right now. So yeah, I think That's he exactly should. Uh, right. I think and, and, and it should and do may not be the, the
3: perfect trade in a vacuum when you see Deshaun Watson. Yeah, three ones is what you think you should be able to get for when he's playing a top five or top three even quarterback. Okay, but under the circumstances, you got to make the best of the situation. Speaking of wise counsel and mentor and whatnot. i don't mean to put you on the spot. I can't help it, cause that's what we do, and we got other stuff to talk about during the break. Why don't you be wearing your microphone outside your jacket? That jacket too nice for you to have that wire just like hanging. Put that inside your jacket with the wire. Yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, now put that clip on the lapel, it or or on the shirt, I guess, if you want. Either way, okay. There we right. go. But that's gonna pull the shirt a little bit. That's gonna pull the shirt ever so slightly. I think you should pull it on, put it on the lapel. Oh no, no. no. See now i make your shirt okay, up. Okay. Right. Put it on the lapel. All right. All right. Pull it out. And put, right. put it, keep it keep it outside the shirt, but put it up the jacket okay. on a lapel. And you gotta, you know, I don't okay. you need to sell right. that wire. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? T- uh, let, okay. let me help you out right. right quick. If I was there, I would fix it for right. you. You you would? There you go. Well, thank
4: you. I appreciate there that.
3: There we go. I, appreciate I mean, that jacket costs, a, it probably costs a grip. Bam. Now we cooking with, we ain't okay, talking so about you gotta, okay, we got to find something that keeps it inside. Or maybe we got to flip the wire. There we go. I'll help you out. All right, there yeah, we go. How, sit, about, that? Oh, sit, How about Come that? on now. Oni. you're welcome. Look at me. I mean, see? Or you can just be like me and do a T-shirt. You can do this and just, you know. But, I mean, you put you put too much thought. You, you got your pocket square popping. It's too much there. T- there you go. Much better. Right. Much better. Thank you, man. We're going to talk to you know what? I listened. I And I listened, didn't you I? You did.
4: See, I listened. You did.
3: You so, did. Now, if you had said accept- something accept-
4: that wasn't. It wasn't best for my situation. I'd be like, well, you know, I appreciate that, but no, I'm going to go in a go. different
3: direction. But I listen. There you go. You look good. You look. You look good. Um, uh, thank, you. thank you. We're going to talk to Thomas Dimitrov in a minute. Uh, get a GM's perspective on this, uh, this game of chicken or Mexican standoff, whatever you want to call it. That the Dolphins and Texans seem to be playing around Deshaun Watson. That and a lot more going on in the NFL. But meanwhile, before we go to break, um, the Dolphins are more concerned with. More important things, if you ask me. More important discussions, with all due respect to Deshaun, are being had mm. in the Dolphins' facility right. right now.
0: Who the best? Oh yeah, I know this. I already know this one. Toby Maguire, duh. The first, the first one. That's you a baby? One. He's a
4: baby. he was. It's b- Tom. My- me. He, he ain't. He's too serious He's an OG. He ain't, he ain't using gadgets though. And they he using ain't using gadgets. gadgets. The real Spider-Man yeah. don't and use gadgets. Listen. They using gadgets. Bro, yeah. bro.
2: don't, yeah. drive, <laughs> yeah. don't And when, and when and his thing
4: stopped working, he couldn't and, even do and that. Tom and and, this be, a, and a, that'd a, be fine. That'd be moving. He's a real, he's a yeah. real. Yeah, real, real don't need gadgets. That's the comic who are. Real superheroes? don't need gadgets. Like
2: Hobie, Maguire. That's what you saying, I don't need gadgets. He's a vigilante. I don't need gadgets? No, because you're not a real
1: superhero. No, you're not. No, you are not. I have you made a decision on who will start at quarterback in the regular season opener?
0: Yeah, no, we, we still have a lot of decisions to make.
1: What are you hoping to see in the next couple of weeks of practice, Bill, before that first game from the quarterback position to help you make that decision whenever the time comes?
0: Yeah, well, we'll be focused on preparing for Miami, so that's what we'll do.
5: I mean, right now, just like I always say, I'm focused on today. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff I can clean up. Um, I held the ball a little too long at some points today, but uh, I'll work on that. And, you know, when uh, the next day comes around, I'll watch the film and figure out what I need to do better. But I'm here to play any role that I can play and um, help help in any way I can. And I'm going to be ready whenever my time comes. So um, we got, like I said, we got work to do. And we'll get the things fixed. And then we'll just keep rolling.
1: I don't know if you, you saw the clip,
5: but Cam was pretty determined on the sideline to get that five from you? <laughs> yeah, I saw he showed me the video or whatever. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't hear him or see him, and then I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> but that's Cam for you. He's happy, and uh, he's a great teammate, so I'm happy to be in the same room as him and just learn from him because he's a great dude.
3: Usually when we're talking about the Patriots, I say to Michael Holly, look, man, you know Bill Belichick better than almost anybody I know. That almost – Applies to Thomas Dimitrov, a former Falcons general manager who of course came up in the Patriots organization before he led the Falcons to great heights, including a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, so Thomas, I mean, Michael and I have gone back and forth on, you know, Belichick, you know. Michael says he doesn't even recognize this Bill Belichick. He's so effusive in his praise for Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton is the new Lawrence Taylor or Ed Reed or something like that. Like he wants to <laughs> adopt him. I'd love to know from your vantage point and having watched these quarterbacks from afar in preseason, what is your expectation of how, just based on what you know about Bill Belichick, uh, how he may go about deploying these quarterbacks uh, in a decision that he's going to make starting with week one?
5: Well, I have to start off by saying you guys look great. By the way, thanks for having me on here. And when, the, when you were playing those, those uh, you know, the lines from Mac, you know, just guys talking about it, I just imagine Nick Casario and Brian Flores saying the exact same things. I thought you guys were going to lead into that, talking about what we're, what we're talking about. And my head was spinning thinking, wow, that's exactly how they are going to bring this up. Thinking about uh, New England through and through, I'm always going back to thinking about New England and how they approach things and where Bill is. The reality is he's got a young guy there who is really talented, who's very raw, of course, and young, but he is really good at, at maneuvering through their system and and, and very methodical in his young, young years already, or young year already. It's It's been really impressive watching him. I haven't watched him... Every game, but having a chance to see him move around, I think it's great. I think, like I said before, any organization that drafts first first round quarterback is very keen on getting that first round quarterback as ready as possible, as soon as possible. Very different from back in the old, old days, I get it. But it's a real feather in the cap when you feel that you've hit on someone and that player is able to play early on. For us, it was Matt Ryan, of course, many, many GMs over the years and head coaches that is a big thing for them, not saying that Cam is, is not the starter here, but to see a young quarterback come in and operate how he's operated, of course, that's impressive.
3: So, and, and Belichick also went on to say, as always, as you know, Thomas and Michael, uh, he's going to do what's best for the team. And I had this thought this morning and I haven't shared with Michael. I'll share with both of you guys and I love to get both of y'all thoughts on it as uh, people who know a lot about this man, this organization and how he thinks about it more than I do. Um, I wonder and again, because all all of the the evidence points to cam being the starter uh, in terms of how they've, you know, approached practice and even the preseason games who he's worked with and Michael, you said this. when We talked before about how Cam Newton just can't be a backup. He just doesn't have the personality to serve as a backup. Is this is this a stretch Thomas to think that when Bill Belichick looks at the totality of the situation even though there's a lot of upside with Mac Jones. Could he look at it as the best thing for this team the makeup of this team when I look at these two quarterbacks is for Cam to be the starter. Maybe it's more intangible and I'm not talking about leadership ability or anything, I'm not talking about fit like from a locker room standpoint should Cam be the starter for now as ready as Mag Jones appears to be just given the construction of this team, the roster, the chemistry, something that you can't quite identify from the outside. But to your point, Michael, maybe cam needs to be the starter for this to work, at least in the short term. Does that make sense, Thomas? It does. There's no question about it. I mean, cam should be the guy that comes in, given his
5: experience and knowing how things are operating and knowing that organization and how key they are on having people who play their system well and understand their system. Both of these guys do. One of course is, a, is an aged veteran. The other one is a young gun. Um, there's no question that camp, camp could come in there and set the tone and, and then roll into the opportunity for, for Mac to take over. But in the end, we know this. Ultimately you have to look at all the things that you and I probably don't know about and all the discussions of course that, that Bill has with the rest of the organization about what is the best for the organization to get Mac ready, because that's ultimately where they're going. And to me, personally, I like to see a young guy come in and and get his feet wet early. That worked for us in in Atlanta. That said, you know, I think Bill has a great deal of respect for both of these quarterbacks, whether whether it's Cam or whether it's Mac. And I think they're in a good spot in New England right now with two legitimate enough guys to take them into the season.
4: Yeah, and they really like him to answer your question, Mike. They really like Cam as a guy. Everybody says wonderful things about him just as a teammate, as an individual, as a worker. So even if they thought, hey, he can't handle it, or he thought before he got to New England, he couldn't handle it, maybe with their relationship with him, maybe they've convinced him, hey, man, it's not what you think it is. You can deal with it. Maybe I'm. I'm i don't, I'm, I'm not saying any inside information, but maybe they that relationship has allowed them to have that conversation. You know, Thomas. I. I, I want to. I don't know if you have a comment on that because I just want to ask you a, a quick question before we move on to a, another topic. You have a, a, any comment about that relationship, Cam and the Patriots?
5: Yeah. I, look, you. Uh, you and I both know. All three of us know there is no way that Coach Belichick is going to keep someone in his organization that he did not think was fitting into where they were going. Last year was a big, big deal for them. I personally, and I've heard, I've heard before from that organization, they like him. Again, his smile, his, his presence is good for that organization. Yeah, he's not your normal guy who, you know, his style at times, whether it's hats or whether it's style like you and I, uh, the three of us believe in, but the reality is, they like him there, and the fact that he's there means a lot in my mind.
4: I I, I want to switch gears and, and ask you about, uh, we were talking about this before, the Texans and the Dolphins, and it's just really interesting to hear all the things that are coming out right now. One of the things is, hey, the Texans are looking for three first-round picks and two second-round picks. It doesn't appear that they have the leverage to get that now with Deshaun Watson and all the things that are going on with him, but – from a general manager's perspective, when you hear those reports, are you annoyed? Like, wait a minute. What are they trying to do here? Is it, are they trying to bully me into uh, you know, coming up with compensation that, that is not realistic? Are they playing some games? Just how, how, do you, how do you look at this whole situation from a GM's perspective?
5: No, first of all, not annoyed at all, Michael. I mean, I understand it. I've been around it. have been around big moves before in the NFL. It's, you know, it's Nick's prerogative, Nick Caserio's prerogative and the Texans to get all they can get for the ostensible, one of the best quarterbacks in this league. That is that's what's understood. Understand this. And this happened with Julio Jones with us back in 11. When you first dig your your you know, feet in and you start ruminating about what it costs to make a trade, how much it's going to cost in, in uh, trade booty, so to speak. At first you're back on your heels and you're like, wow, there's no way I can do this. There's no way. No, there's I I just we can't afford this. And then you spend two days, two weeks, maybe even a month, and you start thinking about it, and you start numbing to the fact of what it's going to cost you. And you start realizing, just like buying that house in that big neighborhood in JP, you start thinking about that before you know it, you're saying, (laughs) you know, a a, a, a few more hundred thousand dollars or a few more picks here and there as long as they're not, you know, outrageously thought of, you know, you start understanding that. So you're not mad. You just start looking at it thinking, how can we put this together? How will it be the best thing for this organization? And if the best thing is getting a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you are willing to give up, you know, other picks. And you understand that it's going to be big time picks for a guy that's as talented. He is, he is a very talented guy. Of course, I have a a great deal of, 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 um, Strong feelings for him. He worked with us as a ball boy in our organization way back. And uh, I think he's, a, he's a, obviously a, a really good addition to an organization. Of course, he's dealing with what he's dealing with. That's not what we're talking about here today. This will be really interesting to see how this plays out. Kudos to Nick for being forward about it. I just find it amusing a little bit. amusing's is probably the wrong word that Brian Flores and Nick Casario, two buddies from New England, are actually in the middle of this <laughs> big-time trade.
3: Well, okay, well, like, don't be amused by it. Let's do something by it. You could probably get this done, mediate it. like, get them on the phone, get him in a group chat, get him on the Zoom. What What would you tell them? Because earlier, Thomas, I said, look, I feel like the Texans, Houston shouldn't make Deshaun Miami's problem, okay? Given every, the, he doesn't want to play there. They got, why pay him 10 and a half to sit? You know, you don't know that a better deal or the same deal would be there in March, because who knows going to unfold between now and then, so, if you were mediating, like, what advice would you give? Like, how would you resolve this? Would you tell Nick, like, hey, Nick, take what you can get? Would you tell Flores, hey, I know you like to, or you claim to like to, or you'll love the one you're with, which I think is what he's really doing, but make this move for Deshaun Watson. Like, how, who blinks first in your mind is what I'm getting at. Look, Brian Flores and,
5: and uh, you know, the group down in Miami aren't going to be happy with me saying this. This is a blockbuster trade. There's no question about it. It needs to be a substantial, sorry, very substantial trade with a lot involved. That's just the way it is, to get a a player of this caliber. And I think they need to understand it, which they do, of course. And, of course, Nick Cassara and the the Texans understand it. I think there needs to be a real good understanding. There needs to be a a discussion about getting this done expeditiously, of course. And I I don't think it's that, that complicated of a deal, gentlemen. I think they both need to realize what they, what they need and what will benefit their organization. I think it's a really interesting thing, however, what this says uh, in Miami about their, their current quarterback situation, and uh, which I don't know. I haven't been reading a, a, a great deal about that. And you guys could expound on that. But that's complicated for the Miami side because they're sending certain messages with this, of course.
3: Yeah. No, I, I think it's a situation where they're loving the one they're with. Uh, simple as that. You know, the owner wanted to, right. um, and if he's their quarterback, okay, we'll move forward. But I think they realize it doesn't an upgrade. And if he's available. not their quarterback, um, somebody not, else. Exactly. Yeah, uh, somebody else that you know very well uh, is Kyle Shanahan, and um, a lot of people saw what he did in the last preseason game. They had talked about perhaps a rotating quarterback situation. Uh, much like you did with Matt Ryan once upon a time, you know, they took a quarterback with a third overall pick. Uh, they rotated them in the same couple of series to start their last preseason game the other day. Uh, and here's what Kyle Shanahan, your old offensive coordinator, uh, had to say about that possibility going into the regular season.
1: How's Jimmy going to start first week? I mean, that's what we'll have to see. I mean, I, I don't like playing this game, but everyone keeps asking me that question. I'm not just giving the answer just to satisfy the question. I think we got a pretty good idea, like I said, all along. Uh, I think our team does, and um, we're pretty good with it as long as I can keep surviving press conferences.
5: <laughs>
3: How's
1: that going for you? I'm all right with it. It's just trying to be respectful.
3: <laughs> he likes touring with us. He likes touring with the opposition. He likes touring yeah. with the media. And, and Thomas, if anybody is willing to be unconventional, feels like Kyle Shanahan, but you know him better than, than both of us, do you see him actually rotating quarterbacks? Do you think that's something that he would actually uh, entertain or is this just a, a ruse to kind of give defenses something else to prepare for?
5: <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I, I could see him doing it. Again, there's one guy who could be off, off the cuff a little bit and, and so creative and so intelligent with his approach. I've said this again as well, guys. I really do believe that they want nothing more than to have the opportunity to have the, the young quarterback ready to go and have opportunities to potentially deal someone else in that organization who is a good quarterback in of, in of himself and, and his approach. And, and I think he could be very valuable to other organizations, um, you know, in the league, of course. So I would be really interesting to, interested to see how they approach this. The reality is, they have two good quarterbacks, one younger one who is still very, very raw. And for them, they need to make sure that this is a big year, you know, producing offensively. And uh, I, I really do believe they would preferably like to go with a young guy. Um, but, you know, they also have a guy in there that can then get them wins, of course, while they're, while they're schooling the, uh, the young player there. And, you know, that's – I could see them doing that. But, again, you have to understand as a team builder – to know that you have an opportunity to potentially move a really good quarterback, you know, as another quarterback in a trade, that's, that's really valuable for your organization.
4: I'm going to see, Thomas, if, this, uh, if general managing by osmosis works. I'm going to try to get some of your genius <laughs> since you're uh, a couple of boxes away. And tell me if I'm, if I'm crazy on this. Uh, I look at the five quarterbacks who were taken in the first round. And one of them, and by the way, and Mike knows, we talked with Trey Lance before the draft. We were both blown away by his intelligence, just his composure, just really an impressive young man. But out of the five quarterbacks that I see in the first round, four of them look like they played football last year. And one of them doesn't. Do you see that as part of the rawness of Trey Lance from the fact that he hadn't played football in a long time, but like one game in the last 18 months
5: yeah I, there's no question about that 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 was a concern, like it was for most people. It was a concern for a lot of team builders within this you know within the league, of course. Rawness is a legit issue and it's a legit concern, but he has all the other requisite traits or many of the other requisite traits that you're looking for in a budding quarterback. they They believe that they're going to grow into a really good quarterback situation there in San Francisco, of course. Is he ready now? Is he ready in a year? Who knows. They also can look at what happened in Kansas City a few years ago, and they understand that. I remember talking with the guys over in Chicago when they, when they made their move for, 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 for Justin Fields. I mean, there is a little bit of a settling feeling when you know you can work someone in in a year much more than forcing them in right now. I just continue to say that for this organization, it would be really good because they were so strong and so aggressive and going up for a quarterback like this. You would like to see him play and contribute very early.
4: All right. So I have uh, one more question for you. I know that uh, this is the time where a lot of players and maybe even coaches and general managers get a little, uh, little jittery because you've got roster cutdowns. You've got to get to that 53. What's that process like uh, for you, uh, for general managers like you, where are, are, is it frantic? Is it an all-nighter where you're calling all your contacts around the league say, league, saying, hey, can I get a two-for-one? I just really got to get down to the roster, and I got a lot of good players. Just tell us, uh, give us some insight into what that's like.
5: Yeah, I would say, first of all, the frantic side. It happens at times um, if, if you're an organization that's really shuffling around trying to put your pieces together. I would say, and probably go out on a line on this, but I really believe – The way that the spring is set up now in the NFL, not like the olden days, but there is so much involved in the spring and getting your roster ready, gentlemen, that I would say 75 to 85%, it may even be more in certain seasons at at certain organizations that they have their teams fairly well-picked and um, well-situated prior to even stepping on the field at the beginning of training camp. And I think that's probably surprising to a lot of people, but there's so much in play in the spring, and I would say to agents and I would say to young players, whether it's, it's free agents coming into a new organization or whether it's draft picks, that springtime is incredibly vital to your success within an organization. Unless you're the top-notch guy, of course, that's a little different. But if you're not making hay in those early days of spring, you can put yourself back weeks and maybe months and even situate yourself from being an apparent starter to being a back-end guy, it's, it's amazing. Spring is vital. You get into the training camp time. Yes, there are guys that make final pushes. No question that happens. But you have to understand that training camp in today's world is very different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Hmm. Hey,
3: man, let's we start. appreciate the Love time it. and the insight as always. Love it. Right, let's let's do it more often, man. We in high gear now. It's been a while since we talked to you. Let's pick up these appearances. Especially, and you know, last but certainly not least, especially if you're going to wear sharp shirts like that. That's a really <laughs> nice shirt. I mean, I've been admiring it since you sat down. I don't, I've never seen yeah, that, I, that brand. I'm digging sweet. it. Well, it's, a, it's
5: got a little retro look to it. Travis Matthews is the only golf shirt that I'll wear right now because sometimes I wear a golf shirt. I feel a little too preppy and that's kind of not my world. So check it out. You guys know your styles. I know that. I will. I don't,
4: what's, you know, what's on your wrist today? You got, you got anything on your wrist? What's on the wrist? Oh, there it is. Oh, I
5: do, but <laughs> that's that Daytona, I, I, uh, huh? It's a Daytona, that's a good eye. I won't even go past that. You guys can do your research on it, but yeah. it is. But yeah,
4: hey, hey. Say, say no more. Say, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you guys are beyond worthy. I know that. Fashion model. GM slash fashion model? My God.
5: (laughs) All I know is I'm just trying to get myself situated down here. You know, it's still hot as Hades down here. I mean, it's hot. There's a lot going on down here in in Atlanta, but I'm enjoying it. And, uh, you know, just trying to figure out my world. Again, like I told you guys, I think I told you, Michael, um, first time in 47 years, Michael Smith, that I have not been in a training camp. That's a long, long time. So I'm dealing with it. I'm having fun. I'm with my kids a lot. Um, but I'm doing a lot more of kind of looking at the league perspective that usually it's tough to do when you're
3: involved with a certain team, of course. Well, we appreciate you sharing that insight with us. I, wait, how's the first time in 47 years when, you, when you're when you 25 years old? You don't look you don't look no older than 25. <laughs> you got a little my gray, dad. but I mean, you know, i look that that gray. add up so, to uh, me. Uh,
5: you know? I get the gray thing, man. Every time I turn around, I'm like, wow. Even my kids the other day, every time I turn around, I'm like, Pops, you're looking, looking older. Are you all right? And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just trying to sleep a little bit more. I'm good, trying to catch up on, on my sleep.
0: You're looking yeah. good. Appreciate you, right. Thomas. We'll
3: see you next time, man. Thomas, Take care. Thank you so right. much. Appreciate you, Thanks, man. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be President of Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
4: I have to totally disagree with Chris. I just think Mac Jones, he did everything that B- Coach Belichick and Josh McDaniels wanted him to do. He's the perfect quarterback for this system. And why would you want to go and, and put Cam Newton, a guy that's still learning the offense, a guy that's been super inconsistent? This kid, he came out his very first start. He's running a no-huddle, hurry-up offense. I just think that this is the right guy for the job, and it's a no-brainer to me. I I, I just I don't understand how this could be hard to coach Belichick. I know he has a lot lot of loyalty to Cam, but at the end of the day, the thing that he always preached to us, he said, hey, I'm going to play, I'm going to do what's best for the team. And in my opinion, what's best for the team is starting Mac Jones and not Cam Newton. Woo! Woo! Rodney Harrison, uh, first of all, great job great job last night, Peacock, Peacock post-game show. Okay, let's just start, let's start, there. start oh, okay.
3: there. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. And then, I thought you said great job, uh, you in other you. news, it-
4: <laughs> in other news, in other news, water is wet, the sky is blue, and uh, this show is called Brother From Another. Yes, Rodney, yes, tell the people. Rodney Harrison is speaking nothing but truth Spitting nothing but facts, keeping it 100, 150, like he always does, like he always did when he played, and giving you some insight, insight from from the mind of Bill Belichick. See, that that's that's his best point, Mike. In all seriousness, I know he agrees with me, but his best point is this is like a this is like a character, this is like a a, a character switch for Bill Belichick. That's why I told you last week I don't really know this guy. Because what he just said about, hey, Bill Belichick always preached, I'm gonna do what's best for the team. I'm gonna do, uh, and I don't care where you guys are drafted, I don't care how much money you make, I'm gonna make the best decision. That is a tent pole. That is a pillar of the Bill Belichick philosophy. And so that's why, like Rodney Harrison, I don't even understand why we're in this position. It is clear to me, Mike. It's so clear that Mac Jones is best for this team. Mike no, Jones. Say that again.
3: Say that again. No, no, it's no. Clear. no, no. It it's clear. It's clear. Clear what? It's so clear, clear to no, me. You, you sit clear to me. Oh, clear. There you go. Clear to me. There you go. To me. To me. To you. And to you. we don't know what we're looking and at. And to none of us know who we look. What we're looking and at. to well, I tell you who, it, it matter matter who I know. I, 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 I tell you. I tell you. Wait, 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 wait. I tell matter. you who
4: knows There's what he's looking at. Patriots Hall of Famer. Multiple Super Bowl champion Rodney Harrison. I'm 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 pretty sure he knows what he's looking at, especially uh, no, to no, be I a mean, playmaking defender. A playmaking defender like that uh, probably knows quarterbacking pretty no. well. What he likes, what he doesn't That's like. It. Rodney we, Harrison. Forgot, I'm Rodney's a for God,
3: Rodney's forgot more. Rodney's forgot more football than I know. What we about to say? Go ahead. Rodney Harrison. And, and last year at the end of the year, and you think you think I'm
4: hating? Oh, oh my God. Rodney Harrison last year said, Cam can't play anymore. Okay. He said, Cam can't play. Okay. That's and, the thing. and wait, wait. And one more. He said, if Belichick brings him back, it will be the worst move of his coaching career.
3: <laughs> right. Okay. And, no, and so I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because I know you may not have said those exact words. But you feel the same way. No, honestly, I think that's (laughs) what I think. Come on, man, don't put that on me. That's what this. That's what is. That's what this evaluation loses its objectivity. I'm quoting. It loses its objectivity because again, if he started Mac Jones for all the reasons we've talked about, yeah, okay, it makes sense. Fifteenth pick. I love every time I read something about Mac Jones. I'm more impressed, not just with his play, but the anecdotes. You know about you know, get when, when, when uh, the, the Alabama facility was closed down, getting his, this was, I think Jeff Howard, the athletic, uh, getting his girlfriend to learn the playbook so that they could go do workouts and she would call plays and he would check out of those plays. Okay, that's, that's, that's real love. That's a keeper right there. Or, or, or reading right. or learning, excuse me, the defensive playbook, you know, or running with the players who had to run laps after the fight, I think it was in Giants practice. There's so many things about him that right. say, he's going to be the guy for the next 15 years. Okay, so I, I, I love him. I, I love what I've seen from him. But I think all of this has to come it comes down to this is this is this is going to be Republican Democrat like when it comes to this cam conversation.
4: Which because one? Which one of like you? Who am I?
3: You're Republican in this context in this context. Okay, listen, people like you and the radical people, left. you, you and the radical left. Pro- You're changing you the country what you wanna believe about Cam Newton and nothing could change your mind. Like you look at Cam Newton last year, forget that he got COVID, you just think he's done. You think he's done, you think he's got nothing left. Rodney thinks he's done. He's got not my president. So nothing Cam, Cam Newton, Newton does is not my president in your mind. <laughs> right right you know it's like okay you know what if he's the starter it must be fixed there's no there's no way that bill belichick could look at this objectively and there's no way he could pick what's best for the do his best for the team it was best for the team is to start cam newton what is he looking at what is he thinking i'm just saying everything that's happened has transpired thus far with the exception of the covid protocol hiccup okay he's cam newton's been the starter so it, it, it maybe if it weren't Cam Newton, here's another thing. If it weren't Cam Newton, if, it, if you if you weren't already uh, dug in on your take on what Cam Newton is or what he isn't at this point, we'd be talking about the fact that he adds an entirely different dimension to the offense that Mac Jones does not. Yeah, Mac Jones so looks like Tom Brady. He Ooh. looks like a Patriots quarterback. Okay, I don't think you saw so Brady. I'm the not the way saying the league like is the way people play football now is a dual threat quarterback yeah. is, is pretty much a must. It is. It is oh, pretty that's much a given that's that funny. you can have a quarterback who's threaten threat. the defense both on and off schedule. Dual
4: threat, dual threat. That oh, means here we go. that means like more is, than. Okay, go it. That means more than one. There it, it is. There okay, is. And it is. It is too easy. Five. Like, like you said I earlier. Into that.
3: Like I you said earlier. It's, into that. Too, easy. That. it's too easy. It's too easy. I set you up. It was too easy. I set you up for that one. I set you up for that one. But in all seriousness, bottom line is it's man. It's preseason. Don't go crazy with preseason. In
4: all seriousness. Sean Hannity told me that Mac Jones is the best quarterback for the New England Patriots. My hero. Um, okay, this role play has gone to gone, gone too far. But okay, well, here's sure. what I want to know. Cam what Newton.
3: You... What do I want? Go ahead. Cam Newton, what? No, go ahead.
4: Cam Newton theoretically, theoretically ca- can run the ball, but that's just a dimension, that's one dimension of his game. That's one. Two, they've got a great offensive line. That's one thing we have. We talked about the quarterback so much we haven't talked about their offensive line. It's terrific. And they got a stable of running backs that will allow them to run the Mm -hmm. ball. Doesn't put the pressure on Cam to run like he did last year. And three, you still have to be able to pass the ball in a passing league. And even, forget about last year. Like last year, Cam ironically had his second best completion percentage of his career. And his best was like a couple years earlier. So he's like... Last year, he was like around 60, 67. Uh, a couple of years ago, he was 67, 68. But for his career, he's about 60. So he's not the most accurate passer anyway in his no, prime, no, in his heyday. No. He wasn't that. Now no. he's worse. No. Mac Jones allows him to do he's more with from the quarterbacking him. standpoint than Cam does.
3: It's a fact. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's, that, that feels, that, that feels uh, counterintuitive. But okay. What is this? What I really want to bring this topic back more than anything. I just want to know what you thought about his Instagram uh, post. Uh, oh, that was both, great. Both that the actual great. post and the stories where he was like QB one. Like that ain't just my Jersey number. I'm QB one. Maybe he right. knows something that Bill Belichick hasn't announced. Maybe he's just trying to like say that this is I, I'm the boss and this is how it's going to be. I don't know how you felt about his caption either because really it's just an excuse for me to find out how you feel about Donda. Uh, he quoted Jay-Z in the caption. Right. Um, you are not in control of my thesis. Actually, it goes. It goes, Hova, and Jesus, like Moses and Jesus. You are not in control of my thesis. You already know how I think, feel about things pieces. Um, jail, Jail is a good track. Uh, Hurricane with the weekend is good. Yeah, it's got, it's got some. It's all right. Donda, since you asked. Yeah, Donda. Yeah. It's all right. It's, it's you know, it, it's it right. ain't my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Um, right. You know, it's all right. I, you know, it's okay. I, I'm not. It's, it's got Look, a few bangers on it, but if you put out, what, 26 songs, you ain't gonna... You ain't gonna it's Cam Newton-like accuracy, okay? It's like 60%, right. maybe less, you know, something like that. For, Man. Uh, yeah, I, that's how, how I, do I feel about Cam. In terms of the hit or miss rate on this album. Yeah, but Cam's Instagram you. post, sorry. I digress.
4: I'm not even going... You know, the only problem I have with Cam's Instagram post, the only problem I have with this is that font he uses. Like, why does he use that font? That's the only thing. Like, I, I can I've been understand that for years. why. I
3: almost can translate it now.
4: You can. I understand why he would put QB1 down. Uh that was the other one. You saw that one, right? QB1. He got the jersey, number one, and all that stuff. Tight I understand why he does it. I understand why he does it. Uh there are two schools of thought. One, he's been told something, as you said, and he just wants to let y'all know very subtly because it's it's his way of announcing news and staying out of trouble with Bill Belichick Bill Belichick don't know nothing about just like how you operate on Instagram. So Insta Belichick story. came up to him and said Snap hey face. Yeah, Belichick said if Belichick Twitter. came out me, he'd me like what? what are you talking about Bill? I just posted yeah. something on Instagram <laughs> man. What you talking about? So either he's been told something or he hears the footsteps. And his own insecurity is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, y'all have gone too far with this Mac Jones thing. I'm still Cam Newton. I'm still QB one. And unfortunately, I'm gonna surprise you with this.
3: No lies told.
4: I think the former, I think the former is true. I think he's been. Have you it. listened to
3: Down to Yet or what? All right, we got company coming. Yeah. Have, have you listened to Down Yet or what? Yeah,
4: I have, and I think your, I think your, um, I think your analysis is spot on. But you know what? That's okay. You know why that's okay? How many how many, uh, how many, many uh, projects these days have like 85% accuracy? How about your boy? Who you love? Freddie Gibbs. What's Freddie
3: Gibbs uh, completion percent? I know you love Freddie 100%, Gibbs. 100%. 100%. 100%? Alfredo. Hey, you know who I met this weekend? I met Benny the Butcher. Freddie Gibbs. Weekend. Did and you I, I, really? I, I met Benny the Butcher. You? And I fanboyed out. How we just I'm hearing this? I fanboyed out. I totally fanboyed out. How are
4: we just hearing this at 4:22? I'm totally fanboyed out. How'd you not I, start just, the show I with we that? We were
3: just in the flow. I, I know. I know. I could have left with that. I should. I uh, barely how's, yeah, no, right how's he not in Facetime right now? How's he right?
4: How's he, he not in the middle cool. of the screen he was right real now? Cool.
3: I told I said, him. to say I put on for Griselda. I didn't ask him to come on, but I mean, listen, those dudes—they know their sports. I'm like, yo, you Conway Westside dropped a new album. Westside Gun dropped a new album. Got to check that out. You Conway West, I like Griselda. I was like, bro, I, I told. I said, man, I was just. Was, I probably was a little too geeky, but he was. He was gracious. He was gracious. But I, I, you know, I cut it off, and I cut it off, you know, at the right time. Unlike I'm doing right now, you know, this is the point where I'm supposed to shut up. Okay. So that's what I did. I, I let All him right. know how much I appreciate Lay it pushing. You know. So.
0: Lay
3: They really, they've always wanted Deshaun Watson. Deshaun has always wanted the Dolphins. The Texans have vacillated between not returning calls and then returning calls and then all hell breaks loose and, you know, are they they talking or are they not? I believe that there's a trade to be made and my spidey sense is telling me that something's going to, something's going down. Before it's all said that I can't see a world in which Deshaun Watson just lives in limbo into the season. I talk to somebody uh, who knows he ain't got a guess. He knows what time it is. <laughs> Jim Trotter <laughs> from from NFL.com, NFL media, NFL network. Uh, what do you know, Jim? I mean, you know, at one point it felt like, you know, over the weekend that it was getting close. Now it feels like uh, they've hit a bit of an impasse, uh, you know, based on on reports. Uh, What can you tell us about where things stand, if anywhere, between the Dolphins and Texans when it
1: comes to Deshaun Watson? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying, Mike, I nothing, officially. So how's that? But I will tell you what I believe. What I believe is just what you said, this can't go on forever, And the only reason I believe Deshaun Watson has been okay with being in limbo at this point is the belief that the Texans are going to work out a trade to get him out of there. Short of that, I can't see why the Players Association wouldn't get involved here and and there being an issue with the league in terms of you, a player in limbo, like where he is healthy, is ready to compete, but he is not allowed to compete. So, the reason believe something's going to go down fairly soon. I think the Texans were hoping uh, in the beginning that the league would put the commissioner's exempt list, which would take it out of their hands at this point. They wouldn't have to deal with it. Short of that, this is something they're going to have to deal with going into week one. I don't think they want to deal with that. I don't think Deshaun wants to deal with it. The problem is they're not going to get the compensation they're asking for because they have simply no leverage.
4: Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. But let's say, let's say they do make this deal The Dol- from the Dolphins' perspective. What does that do for them? I mean, I, I look at the AFC right now. I think it's Kansas City and Buffalo and then everybody else. But if the Miami Dolphins get Deshaun Watson, do they vault those teams or are they just kind of rubbing uh, elbows with, with Kansas City and, and Buffalo? Just your, your perspective on that.
1: No, I don't think they vault them. I think Kansas City, when you look at how it's rebuilt its line, and when you look at what it has defensively up front, when I look at you know Chris Jones and uh, Jerron Reed and Frank Clark and the rest, Kansas City did a beautiful job this off of reloading uh, after what took place in in the Super Bowl. So I believe Kansas City, in my opinion, is still the front runner in the AFC. I believe Buffalo, obviously coming off the last couple of years, is 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 right there at the heels. Of the Chiefs Um, but I believe Miami would be in that conversation too if Deshaun were there he's that sort of talent he's a transcendent talent so um, this is a team that Chris Greer and Brian Flores have done a a very nice job of building up during their time there and they've got a lot of young talent and I think it's ready to take that next leap that next step you know um, look it's no knock against Tua but if you're matching Tua against Deshaun you gotta give me Deshaun it's no contest yeah,
4: Yeah. well, let's, hey, Jim, let's, uh, let's, let's overreact a bit, man. The preseason <laughs> has wrapped up, and based on the preseason, uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is going to the Hall of Fame, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. You're one of the voters. And based on the preseason, uh, a couple hundred miles away from the Hall of Fame, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they made a huge mistake. They got a bust in Jamar Chase. All right, so sort that all out for us. Uh, yeah. what, where did I go too far? Where didn't I go far enough?
1: Well, first, I'm trying to figure out what preseason you were watching where Trevor Lawrence is going in the Hall of Fame first ballot because I haven't seen it yet. And that's not to say he won't be a Hall of Famer one day, but um, there's work to be done there. So I think he'll be fine. My question is for him, can they protect him once the season starts? There's nothing worse for a young quarterback than, A, not having a running game, and, B, them not being able to protect you. And the Jaguars to this point have not shown me that they can consistently protect Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens there. As far as Jamar Chase, I believe that, that he'll be fine. He has had drops. He has not looked the part thus far because of that. But look, I'm old enough, guys, to go back when Jerry Rice was drafted by the 49ers, and Jerry Rice early on in his career had a case of the drop season. And there were people questioning whether or not the 49ers had made the right decision there. Now, I'm not saying that Jamar Chase is going to be Jerry Rice. I'm just saying that sometimes it takes a player a minute to find his footing, to get comfortable, and to become the player that he can become. I believe Jamar Chase's history in college shows that he can be that dude, and I I believe he ultimately will be that guy.
3: I'm praying you're right. And we were too. I am praying. I I know. Because it's. I, I will not hear the end of it. I will not hear the I end know. of it. If Jamar Chase, at least and he got to you need I give you context. I got to give you
4: context, Jim. Go and ahead. He, I, I got he said he he's praying. The reason Michael Smith is praying on, on this is we had a very long, maybe too long conversation pre-draft conversation and post-draft about the Cincinnati Bengals. And when they drafted Chase, I said, here they go again. The Bengals screwing it up. Uh, doing the least since 1990. And they draft a wide receiver when they needed somebody like Penny Sewell to protect Joe Burrow. And so we went back and forth. I was a a Sewell guy. Michael Smith is a chase guy. So that's why he's sitting there looking like that. Because right now, it looks like he he missed completely.
1: Well, Michael Smith, I think you're going to be okay. But Michael Holly, I'm with you in this sense. If I were ever a GM, It would be easy for the media and other teams to read me because I believe football teams are built inside out. And so I'm always going to look to be as strong as I can along both lines um, if I were to to, to run a team. So you're right. I would have made the pick for the offensive lineman, but it wasn't my call. Um, But I do believe ultimately Jamar Chase will be fine.
3: Um, Let's broaden it out quite a bit and and hopefully you you, there's something on the tip of your tongue. I wonder just staying with the theme of of overreactions to the preseason. What do you what do you think just in your observations or just people you've been talking to uh, a plenty? I'm sure what's the most uh, overhyped preseason storyline and what's the most underrated uh, or least Mm -hmm. talked about but needs to be talked about more preseason storyline to this point. Now that we are at the end Mm -hmm. of preseason that is
1: the former is, is is easy, I think, for me. Um, the most overhyped is the talk about not playing starters in the preseason. Look, the reality is we knew when the league went to 17 games and ultimately it's going to go to 18, that they were essentially going to do away with the preseason. And so what we're seeing is teams doing more joint workouts. There are coaches who believe you can get more work out of a joint workout than you can out of a preseason game in terms of having your number ones matched up against another team's number ones and getting quality individual work, those sorts of things. So um, look, we saw um, last season, there was no preseason and everyone said football is going to be sloppy and ugly early. It was the same product as it had been in years past. So I'm not one of these guys that gets overly worked up about a coach not playing all of his starters or the majority of his starters during the preseason Raiders nation went nuts the other night. Cause John Gruden basically left half the team at home. Um, Cause he didn't want to play his his regulars. So for me, I'm okay with that in terms of the underhype, That's a good question. I hadn't really thought about it from, from that standpoint. Um, I'll tell you what I'm interested in after this last preseason game, we saw Kyle Shanahan, um, playing musical quarterbacks I'm curious to mm-hmm. see if he is going to do that throughout the season because I think if I, unless yeah. I'm mistaken the last time a, a coach did that on a regular during the season 71 was, yes so I'm I'm wondering Before I was if, born yeah <laughs> man he's such a baby you still got Michael, semif- no, cause,
3: cause try. Michael Michael yeah Michael asked me that the other day and I couldn't recall he was like who's done that successfully um, and it was stallback and Craig Morton yes, sir. Uh, Tom Landry in 71 was rotating plays I, and, I, and I was reminded of that the last couple of days but yeah because you I'm glad you brought that up Jim because I remember you wrote that an incredible story about the process by which the 49ers finally well they knew it before the rest of us knew it but arrived at the decision to, to trade up and draft Trey Lance so if anybody should know what they're thinking yeah definitely be you so you think Shanahan you know, is, is actually willing to be this unconventional?
1: Mike, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm going to know it all. I don't know. I just, I look at, it's very easy to understand that Kyle loves Trey Lance. I mean, or they would not have made this move to go get him in the draft. The fact that, right, that he would send a message in the final preseason game in terms of using both of these quarterbacks, um, that says a lot to me. And that says to me also, and again, this is me trying to get inside of Kyle's head. It's not that he has ever said this to me. But it also makes me wonder, knowing Jimmy's injury problems in the past, that they want to make sure that Trey is up to speed as much as possible if Jimmy were to go down, to be able to play and step in and and not have a drop-off, so to speak. So I think there, there are multiple reasons why Kyle may have done that. But it's really intriguing to see if we're going to see this once the real game start, yeah.
3: Hey, um, how interested, intrigued, invested, if at all, are you uh, in uh, NFL Network's top one hundred? Like, because that's a player poll. That's a player vote. You pay. You, try, you,
1: <laughs> you trying to get me fired? You trying to get
3: me fired? No, man. Like, a... <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, like I'll put it. Okay, I'll listen. say it for you. Look, here, I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it. It is hard to give much credibility to a list that does not include his top 100 players, Terry McLaurin. All right? That's, that, it's like something's wrong if, if that dude ain't in your top 100 because he, he's nice like that. But, all right, I, I'll ask it this way because just focusing on the top. Hey, players, let me say it to you another
1: way. It's something wrong with the yeah. list if Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Donald are not one-two in some order.
3: Okay. Well, they are, they are. That's exactly what it is. Mahomes one, Donald two, so they're, they 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 made it. Is Mahomes one, Donald two, Rodgers three, Henry four, Kelsey five, Devontae right. Adams six. Now, okay, go back Tom Brady to saying, seven.
1: But but wait, I'm not saying this year. I'm saying go back to last year and look oh. at previous. every year. We all oh, right. In my opinion, Aaron Donald should be number one. I think Aaron Donald the best player in the he, NFL me too. period. Bar none. I, well, wow. that's what I was going to ask you. That's yeah. what I was going to ask you. Why? Yeah. I, th- to me, he why? should I mean, be at the top. kind of obvious by luck. In terms of Aaron Donald,
2: you yeah. get number yeah. why one. why
1: is he number one? Because you can't block him one-on-one. You struggle to block yeah. him two-on-one. You can talk to any coordinator who has to prepare for him or teams that have to play him. He's just so disruptive on the interior. And we all know the fastest way to the quarterback is up the middle which has changed the way teams have had the block um he's just a dominant dominant player no matter what you do you really can't contain him so for me regardless of position he is the most impactful in terms of being unable to stop you can do things to scheme up to try and stop a quarterback um, and we've seen that yeah. done. And that's not to take anyway. I understand a quarterback position is the most important position on the field. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying in terms of pure dominance, no one comes close yeah. to Aaron Donald, in my opinion. That's just me.
3: No, I'm saying. It, you got, you yeah. got where I was trying to go. But Brady, again, elevating quarterbacks. Brady had seven. You know, seven ain't low. That just felt weird. Like, man, even at forty-four, but the third, seventh best but player, but the third I best quarterback, some motivation to that.
4: But the third best quarterback, and though. the third, best, the third quarterback. best quarterback, and it's, and rare. it's, 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 it's fair. It's no though.
3: shame in the six ahead of him. It's no shame in the yeah. six ahead of him. But Brady at seven, I'm like, ooh, that just feels weird, even for a forty-four year old. But the six I in just, front of
1: him, it's hard to argue with how dominant those guys are. Well, you know what's funny to me about Tom Brady? It's like. Everyone wants to be the first to say that they predicted he was going to fall off here. So it's like, I get the stint he gets older. No one wants to I shouldn't say no one, but there are those who don't want to give him his full credit that regardless of if he has lost certain things, he is still so far in terms of recognition, understanding, ability to move throws, and ability to be that rising tide that lifts all boats. I mean, for him to go in there and do what he did with Tampa in year one, and you know of his greatness because Bruce Arians basically um, compromised here. And he worked with Tom. They, with Tom, He and Byron Lefkowitz and that offensive staff worked with Tom to figure out what Tom likes and, and join with what they want to do. Bruce never done that before. You can talk to any veteran quarterback who has played for Bruce and it was always, you do it my way or you're not going to be here. It's that simple. And that's why you yeah. see their numbers in year one under Bruce typically are not great. And they get better after they get accustomed to the form. So for Tom, all I'm saying, if you give me one game and you say you got a quarterback, I have to look past him. And there's only one quarterback I would look past him for, and that's Patrick Mahomes. But um, if you get me into the playoffs and you say I need a quarterback to win it all, I gotta see he he he's one A or one B. Yeah,
4: I got I got two I got two quick ones for you. Then then we can let you go, uh, uh, Jim. One I know most NFL players are vaccinated. Most of them are, but the unvaccinated ones make news. And you're a great reporter. And so, have you ever heard? Uh, because I think I'm too narrow minded to hear it, but you're much more open minded than I am. Have you ever huh. heard a case? from an unvaccinated player that makes you say, okay, I understand why he's not vaccinated. And that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. It makes sense to me if there are players who can say that, Oh, this is a hard one because If you have had some sort of underlying conditions and you're concerned about the vaccination and and for that reason, you is truly not about. I'm not going to make any sense here. Let me put it this way. I do not understand people who say they're not taking it simply because you can't tell me what to do. That I don't get. Mm. I, I do believe there are people who may have conditions where they just don't trust the medicine. Now, the data says it's safe so far. Um, the data says that, that pretty much everyone who is dying from it now who is hospitalized is because they were unvaccinated. All those things. So there are some that I would give a pass to, Mike. And I know that sounds harsh. But there are some if they have reasons based on underlying conditions and they say they just don't trust the medicine. I could, I, I could almost accept that. It's the ones who simply say, You're not going to tell me what to do that I right. can't get right. with. Those are the ones I can't get with. Right. I mean, and I, I probably didn't make any sense there, but no No, is, no, that makes, no,
4: that makes, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, yeah there, And there there then on some, top of it, won't
3: wear the mask. Because, uh, okay, you're just not taking it seriously at all then. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? If you're yeah. going to say, Hey, I'm not taking a vaccine, then you should be doing everything possible. You know, you should be washing your hands more than the doctor. You should be double masking. You should be saying, hey, instead of the vaccine, I'll do everything else. I go over the top doing everything else. But when you won't take the vaccine and you're not following the mask protocols, then something else is going on here.
1: It's, it's funny. I don't know All if right. you guys have time for this. But so yes, in the yes. offseason, oh, off I, I was taking some golf lessons because my game needed it, right? And so um, the woman that I was taking the lessons from is helping me out. And somehow we got on the subject of, um, that I was going to for the first time teach a class uh, this fall at San Diego State. So she makes a comment to me, and she says something to the effect of, um, "Oh, I hope it's more objective than it." You know, MSNBC. And my first thought was, "Why are we even going there when I'm when I've hired you for golf lessons?" You know, this isn't even a conversation <laughs> I, I'm here to have while I'm trying to learn how to putt. But secondly, I'm like, okay, well what is wrong with MSNBC as opposed to what you're saying, what you're implying then is Fox is okay. And all of a sudden we got into discussion about the vaccine. So I'm trying to give her the data that the CDC is putting out and the medical community is putting out about the impact that vaccine is having in terms of of helping to preserve lives and mitigating the effects of the virus and whatnot. And all I'm getting from her is you trust the government, you trust the government? You know the, the data is skewed, it, it, it's not for real. And I'm saying, based on what? Well, I mean, where is your thought process coming from? You're gonna tell right. me that the numbers aren't real. Okay, well, what are the real numbers? And so it's just like, it <laughs> right, blows right. my mind. You just can't have a conversation with some people anymore about what is a fact and what is not a fact. And it's, it's hard, yeah. man. And there are these people out there, players like that, you know. That there are certain topics you can't have conversations so, with them about, you know.
3: And that's le- so. The moral of the story that's, is that's You ended the golf lesson, and yeah. you have a new instructor. That that that's what that's what you're telling. Me. You, got, <laughs> you, got, you got you got your money back. You got a new
1: instructor. <laughs> no, true story. So I paid for five lessons, right? That was the third lesson. I'm not gone back. I'm just like yeah. you know. Hey, man, I already you paid three. you for you it. To get your money. No nah, man, We're I'm relaxing. like hey, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. But I'm just yeah. like I'm I'm not I'm not trying to get into a political discussion about this with you. I'm just wondering from just a factual standpoint, if the community is giving you the data and saying yeah. this is helping, and you're gonna say no just because you don't trust the government. I'm just like, man, when do how do we get past this? You know? Well and that I, is as a wise I, that person is the one said that's
3: as a wise person. Ahead, said, the
1: thing about math is
3: it's true. Whether you believe it or not, you know, Hey, Michael, they, you, they, you they, that, that's a lesson.
4: That that, I, I do that one. That's put that on the syllabus. Professor Trotter uh, for, for the journalism class. It's hard. We always talk about facts. It's hard to determine what a fact is, uh, depending on who your readers are. That's one. But here's the other thing, man, we talked about, we're talking about a very serious subject. Now let's get into some trivial stuff before we go. We had Thomas <laughs> Dimitrov on. He said some great things about you. He's a huge fan of yours. But he said, you know, uh, why don't you bring up the Trotter? What's up with those white socks? He said he always teases you about wearing white socks. So what? I, I don't know if we've jumped into the middle of a battle. What's going on? What's, what's going on with this Trotter?
1: You know what? I knew he was on your show before me because he texted me right as I got off the bike and said something to the effect of, how you doing white socks? So I knew he had to have been on your show.
3: That's the only way.
1: So um, here's the story. So I go out to Atlanta when he was a GM, they had a, a charity golf event. I go out there and I've got on, um, you know, white ankle socks below the ankle, you know? and all of a sudden he's oh, giving okay. me grief okay it. he's giving me grief that you don't wear white socks you know and i'm like what's wrong with white socks it's ankle, it's ankle the, socks though. that's different yeah they're not they're not even above yeah, the knee like like right? socks yeah they're below the knee oh, yeah.
3: that's I'm fine. like what's the problem
1: yeah, that's fine. so he, he gave me all kind of grief <laughs> yeah. about it and i said look yeah i understand yeah. professor Dimitrov with the you know the patch on the elbow and your you know um you know, your window pane blazers and all of that—that that you're, a, a, you know, a fashion, fashion guy and all that, Mister GQ. But there is nothing wrong with white socks. Blow the ankle. Nothing. Nothing. Hold no, your. I mean, Michael you Holly's got. Man. Michael Holly's got on this beautiful blazer. I can, you know, so Mike must know something about fashion. Is there a problem with that, Mike?
4: No problem. Hey. I got no problem. Hey, look. Wait. Uh, hey, oh, 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 hey nothing wrong.
1: This. All, always this. white socks.
3: Always like flip flops and socks and Listen. sweatpants. That I sit in my b boy stands hey. with flip flops and socks and sweatpants all the time. There it is. That's there me. it is. <laughs>
4: hey, and he made it. You know what? You got to get it. You got to go at Thomas because he made it sound like you had the white tube socks pulled up to your knees. He did. And you had on he like did. some blue, like some blue, like some blue dress pants and some wingtips and white socks. So he totally misrepresented what was there.
1: Let me say this to you all. The last time I wore white tube socks, I was a freshman in college and I showed up outside my future wife's dance class wearing these white tube socks and she made so much fun of me about having on white tube socks, you know, shorts, going to gym class, whatever, that I never wore them again. So I can guarantee you the day I saw Thomas, there were no white tube socks.
4: Like you said to your wife, it must have worked. Done. We're still Glad together. Got to the bottom right? Of that. <laughs> it <laughs> exactly.
3: worked. You're doing something right. Yeah. Ain't That's nobody right, smoother brother. than Jim Trotter. Don't get it twisted. Trot, we appreciate you. Jim Trotter, I know, man. I don't
1: know about all that. Now. I see I see two smooth man. cats up on, on my screen right now, you know? One, one rocking the blazer, you, one rocking the T with the hoodie, you know? And not everybody can pull beard those too, off. Man.
3: Not everybody can pull those off. Right? <laughs> all right, man. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for the time, right, brother. Try. We appreciate you. Thank you're you.
1: You Cut me off on that. <laughs>
3: no, no. We just had to go. <laughs> but you're right. Not everybody can pull it off. <laughs> yeah,
1: we had to go. You, man. I'm just messing with y'all, man. It's all good. <laughs> love y'all, man.
4: All right, Mike, you know, I'm always, uh, I, I gotta admit, I'm a little nosy. So I'm always, uh, you know, looking at my feed, but I spend a lot of time looking at your feed too. Like, Hey, what's he, what's he mean by that? Or, Oh, he's interested in that. Okay. That's uh, that's something, but there's one item in your feed. I think I know exactly what you're referring to. I just want to hear about it. You said something about first day of eighth and fourth grade. So you must be talking oh, yeah, about Mason. Yeah. You must be talking about Maya. And I want to know, yeah, is has it happened or is it going to happen
3: today? No, it was today. Today's today. the day. I, and I, I got up, I got up and I brought them both to school, um, which is like, you know, okay, big deal. But like last year, my wife almost exclusively brought the kids to school. Um, but yeah, I brought, uh, I brought Mason, uh, to school first day of school for my 13 year old. Maya, my nine-year-old, first day of school uh, for her in fourth grade. And uh, I definitely want to bring them because I think you know this too, Mike. It's like um, the older they get, um, it just gets more and more depressing because it's like, man, you know, they they my, my oldest is 15 going into her sophomore year of high school. I got to start talking about college with her. I'm talking about colleges with her. Um, wow. You know, Um So it's just like the older they get, you're like, oh my God, where has the time gone? Because as the saying goes, the days are long, but the years are short, right? And so I'm just really Mm -hmm. trying to steal as many moments as possible. And so I've made it a point this year to, and look, it's just one day down, I'm already exhausted, but get up and add them earlier so that I can be the one to take them to school. I can't pick them up, but take them to school every day and at least get those minutes with them in the car. Whether we're listening to music, whether we're you know talking, even if it's quiet, whatever, just have those moments because um, pretty soon I was thinking, pretty soon Mason go, Savannah and Mason gonna be asking to drive himself to school. Ugh. So emotional weekend for me between that and Hurricane Ida, uh, sixteen years to the day of Katrina, um, and you know hitting New Orleans is just like an emotional. Uh, 48 hours. So this was this was a, a welcome respite. Uh, kicking it with you. I, w-
4: I do want to. You can start. I do want I want to ask. Uh, they start uh, oh. a week from a week from Wednesday. A week from Wednesday.
1: Okay. You know? Officially. So,
3: officially.
4: Uh, officially. Officially. I told you about the the three week right. orientation. Because
3: Robinson is in like. The th- Orientate. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, 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 right. But that that finished that's that's over. And so he got a little bit, a bit of a okay. break and now and then he's going to start school uh, next week. But yeah. I do want to talk to you about school briefly, but I want to hit you on on Ida because I thought of your family immediately yeah. and, and the whole connection with Katrina. And we remember that I remember that like yesterday, your family first going to Houston yeah. and then going from Houston to Boston you had just gotten married, right? It was the yep. same year you got married.
3: a month, earlier. Like a month after a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got married on July yeah. 15th. And uh, Katrina hit uh, August 29th, 2005. Uh, at the time, my um, parents, my late grandmother, and my uncle went to Houston. Then they came up to Boston to, to live with me and Sarah. That's before uh, any yeah. of the kids were born. Um, and, and you know what? And honestly, you were right there too, man. It's just crazy how... You know, it was just, things come full circle because uh, you were there. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, was it uh, the Honda Accord, the red Honda Accord? Hell, you gave my parents Honda, a car. Honda Civic. When they lost. They, Honda Civic. Honda Civic, yeah. Honda Civic, yeah. Honda they, Civic. My parents lost everything in Katrina. You gave them a car to to get around Boston, which I, you know, and you obviously, you and many others were very gracious with my family. So yeah, it was definitely, uh, they, they're no. good. Oh, but, sorry. My parent, my parents, my parents are fine. Uh, I mean, Inconvenience. Half of Louisiana, I think at last check, was without power, including all of the city of New Orleans. My parents don't have power, but I have been in touch with them, uh, so hey man. Um, they're they're safe. Thank God, they're safe. Yeah, I,
4: I I don't think I don't think I ever told you the story. Um, and and your, your mom your mom like she told some really vivid stories during that time. I still remember where she said you know with the uh, she's talking about Katrina and her reaction to it and her her response was to start getting pictures. You know, it's, just, it's, it's amazing what people do when when they feel like they're um, in, in distress or under duress said so the most important thing to her was grabbing uh, precious family pictures off the wall. Yes. just so they wouldn't be ruined. That's one. But here's another story. Yeah,
3: I got one and, more and This, this go. brings
4: up. I was going to say I'll bring some uh, I'll make it quick. I'll bring some levity to it. So I remember telling yeah. Oni we weren't even married yet. She was my girlfriend. I said, "Look, uh, Mike's parents are coming to town. I want to make sure they have everything they need. I want to give them the car, all this stuff." Oni said, "His mother will want to know where to get her hair done." I said, "Oni, that's the last thing on her <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah. Where she want to get her hair done?" No. Her mom, your mom, <laughs> she knew. Met Oni within two minutes. She's like, "Honey, I love your hair. Where do you get your hair? <laughs>
3: yes. Where
4: do you get your hair done?" That's it. I was like, no, "Okay." It's those, it's those little. You're right. Things.
3: But speaking of pictures, I'm glad you got, which, uh, speaking of pictures, our social media producer, Brandon, um, talk about cherish these moments. I, we didn't take, my 13 or my, nine-year-old didn't want any pictures today. They're too old to be taking those first day pictures. look at this. This little dude look right here, this. the Carter Chronicles, this little dude right here, like, he going to be a problem. All right? He, go, he already got, whatever it is he decides to do. He gonna, he gonna get his way. <laughs> so this is so Brandon. Oh, cherish these moments, brother. Shit Ch- about that's grabbing right. pictures. Cherish these moments, man. Because before you know it, their voice will be deep as his voice will be deep as yours. Appreciate you, Mike. Awesome. I love you. Hey, I will never you forget. How good you were to give you word of my family. All right, man. Yeah. We will we'll, we'll talk to y'all Wednesday. We got a meeting tomorrow. We'll talk to y'all Wednesday. Wednesday.